0: This is your husband, host Travis McElroy, and
1: I'm your wife, host Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to
0: Schmanners, it's
1: extraordinary etiquette
0: for ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove.
1: Hello, dear.
0: Listen, I'm gonna get right into it. This week, we're talking about playground etiquette. How much of this is about the rules of pogs?
1: Uh, none of it.
0: Oh, you know, is it all about <laughs> Pokemon
1: cards? No, um,
0: at my school when I was a kid, hey, okay, I don't know what age range what our demographic is. Pogs <laughs> were these little like half dollar sized, oh wait, I don't know what our demographic Half dollar <laughs> is a kind of coin. It's not used that much, but uh, pogs were like cardboard circles Um and they usually had some kind of weird designs on them. And usually for some reason I want to do it with eight balls or like what looked like coked up rats Uh, There was a lot of (laughs) yeah. I didn't have
1: any of those. You
0: didn't have the rats who looked like they were like in a biker gang or it's like weird weird stuff. Uh, No, mine were all kind of like
1: Lisa Frank style.
0: Oh no, there was Lisa Frank too. Those were also great. There was a lot of like yin yang. Anyway,
1: you would use this slammer, this special thick plasticky one, Mm -hmm. to kind of like like slam them slam
0: them and if they flipped over you got to keep them
1: kind of like tiddlywinks or marbles a little bit it's it's in exactly, that it's actually exactly family. like marbles
0: it's exactly like marbles except instead of marbles it was bucks and my school had to ban them oh. because they were like this is like gambling and it took me many many years before i realized the only reason there's two two ways that this banning could have happened one teachers were like why are all those kids peacefully sitting over there <laughs> on the big concrete area, not running around, not getting hurt, not screaming at each other, not screaming at us, just like minding their business, we gotta put a stop to that, or-
1: it Must be nefarious. Or, or some
0: kid lost some pogs that are like, those are my babies, and the parents complained. That's mm-hmm. gotta be it, because I always assumed it was like, well, the teachers must have hated them. And now as an adult, I'm like, if my kids And I've only got two of them there, mind you. We're like, we're just going to sit here and hit these cardboard circles with plastic for an hour. I'd be like, yes! Also, how
1: is it? how could it be like gambling? Do they think they're like playing craps or something? Well,
0: because you you could win or lose your pogs. So uh, hypothetically, a a kid who's good at pogs, quote unquote, (laughs) could clean out all the other kids.
1: Rich in pogs.
0: Anyways, that's enough about our episode about (laughs) pog etiquette. Which is so weird now, by the way, because it's like a streaming thing where people will say POG, which is short for play of the game or player of the game. So oh. they'll be like, that was totally POG. And I'm like,
1: what? what?
0: Everything old is new
1: again. They don't know. Uh, and in case you don't know what tiddlywinks or marbles are, you should I don't should either, look actually, up.
0: frankly. No, no I know what marbles are. Marbles Or
1: jacks. It's a lot like jacks.
0: I don't know the rules of jacks. You we throw- could do a whole playground, just weird games. <gasps> Episode.
1: Okay, right. Because you know down.
0: we'll start with stick and hoop and work our way up to pogs.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Pokemon cards have got to be in the. That's another one. It seems like anything works. Just like this could be a thing that leads to kids fighting each other. Maybe that was it. Of just Maybe. like is one kid taking stuff from the other kid. We can't do
1: that. We can't guys. do that. Okay. So the first playground originated in Germany in the eighteen hundreds.
0: Okay. Now, okay. For whatever reason. If you would said, hey, I'll give you a million dollars to tell me right now if you've ever even considered if a play- there was a first playground, I'd be like, no. Nah. I don't know how to answer whatever that question was. I don't know if it's a yes or no answer that I just asked myself, but the answer is no. I've never thought about it. I just assume playgrounds have been forever from caveman times. And they said, hey, see that log bounce on that rock? Go busy yourselves and leave me alone.
1: <laughs> well, before, I mean... It seems like the entire outdoors has always been a playground for children. They can always find something to do. But at this point in time, I mean, it was either you lived in the country and you played out in the woods, you know, the fields, or you lived in the city and you played in the streets. Sure. So um, And then
0: cars came along and ruined it for everybody.
1: uh, Friedrich Froebel, who invented kindergarten, by the way, kindergarten. And his name was Friedrich
0: Froebel. Yes. I love and a of name reminds me of uh comic books
1: um he was a big proponent of having time for free play and nature play sure and so he's credited as being the first person to make play gardens he called them um and sandboxes which is the kind of like the original manufactured playground bane
0: of my existence don't like a sandbox i'll tell you why
1: can't tell you why Teresa? why is that?
0: Um, I'm gonna break new ground here with a comment that sand gets everywhere.
1: It does. And listen, but they love it. It's so much fun. You know what else kids love? Ice cream. I'm not giving them <laughs> that all the time.
0: <laughs> Only six days a week because the, I the love other, a good sandbox. The other thing about sandbox outside long enough, you don't cover it. Gross. Yeah. It becomes quicksand. Neighborhood cats like to use it as a big bathroom. It becomes a rest stop for cats. I just don't like it. It's gross. It's sand. I right, listen. I'm gonna take a bold stance here. You ready? Sand? Just glorified dirt. Just (laughs) fancy dirt. Except it's easier, I would say, to clean off dirt.
1: My parents had one of those turtle-shaped sandboxes with the cover on. You could put the turtle shell cover on, which kept it dry, kept the cats out, kept the uh, insects out.
0: Now, did your parents ever let you use it, or was it just for them? Yes, of course. Okay. I just like the way you said my parents had this (laughs) sandbox. I
1: meant for me. They had it for us. Um and so that that first giant sandbox was probably um, in eighteen eighty five. Um, and when That's actually a lot
0: later now that I think about than I would have expected. I something I had never thought about before, but now I have strong opinions on it, it seems.
1: And indeed. So when German immigrants began to migrate to America, um, they brought this idea of public play spaces with them. I mean, along with brewing traditions and Christmas trees. Yeah. Um and so the first and american good sausage. and good sausage. We have worst. Um first american oh, okay. playground popped up in 1886 <clears throat> in Boston and at first people were like, mm, do we really need this? When I was a kid, we didn't need playgrounds. The world was my playground. But it really did meet a need because, like I said, people were, the children were playing in the streets and on the curb. And this is when, like, kids were, like, getting hurt in the streets, hit by carriages and things like that. Like, not good.
0: It's so interesting because I can see, like, if I was a parent during that time, be like, yes, please. And if I was not a parent, be like,
1: who cares? Yeah.
0: We can put anything there.
1: Are you kidding me? And there was a kind of middle ground at this point designated, quote, play streets. I mean, because, like, if you already have, like, a very structured urban area, you don't necessarily have a place where you can just like knock out stuff and make yeah. a playground so there was a designated kind of play street where that uh, was meant like traffic was not really supposed to go there and kids could play Good in luck the enforcing safely. that though,
0: unless you like put up barricades or something huh, yeah, i guess yeah, yeah you put
1: up barricades on either side um, you
0: find an empty lot play like, a like game that. of stick ball there yeah a huh? little game of hoop and stick and stick and hoop which is like hoop and stick <laughs> but it's much more challenging It's where you have to roll the stick along using the hoop. (laughs) Using the hoop. I got
1: it. I got it. Um, But one of the the first playground that has what we think of playground equipment was at Golden Gate Park in San Francisco, and that was 1887. So it had swings, Uh slides, and even a carousel.
0: Can we both agree that those things were, while probably really appreciated, but that bet that slide burned the skin off your legs on hot days. Probably. I bet those swing chains were, like, pinchy as heck. Yeah. And I bet the carousel was, like, kids were just flying off <laughs> it left and right. <laughs> that is something I think about now, and not to be the when I was your age thing. But on my... I remember the number of times that I would go down, like, to Fireman's Pole, and a kid would go down right after me and just, like, <laughs> land on land my shoulders, on <laughs> drive me into the ground like a tent peg. You know what I mean? And, like... <laughs> Kids were just swinging on slings and launching themselves into the air over, like, gravel play spaces. And teachers were like, keep it up. You're doing great. Don't talk to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so through the turn of the 20th century, this, this early model of playground was still kind of viewed as a little strange. Um, a few private organizations made some more playgrounds, but they weren't the fixture of, like, communities that we have now where basically— there's one on you know every couple blocks. Yeah, right. I mean,
0: where else are you going to go to poge stops? You know what I mean. Kids need somewhere to catch Pokemon. Thank you, Friedrich Froebel.
1: So now we have Teddy Roosevelt to thank for the real popular popularization of. Playgrounds in the US
0: And we're talking about Like the Teddy Roosevelt Not like a Teddy Roosevelt The Teddy I bet it'd be really difficult To be a different Historical figure Who also happened To be named Teddy Roosevelt Because I bet A lot of stuff that you did Just went ahead And got credited To that other guy (laughs) And in real life The real like President Teddy Roosevelt Didn't care about nature at all And the guy who did All the work Never gets any of the credit This
1: is an interesting theory However it is untrue
0: But what if What if Teddy Roosevelt Had a brother Who was locked away an iron mask for most of his life because they looked exactly the same and it was sure for Theodore and also Tedrick and Theodore and Tedrick oh they never got along one loved nature and the other one loved monopolies
1: you've got to stop okay okay (laughs) so 1903 the first government funded playground was installed and then three years later 1906 the official playground association of America was formed okay Um, And so this is not a good
0: acronym. Playground Playground Association of America.
1: Yeah. (laughs) P.A.A. Teddy Roosevelt wanted these playgrounds to protect children from dangerous, unsupervised games in crowded city streets. Also, as like the idea of like getting kids back outside. Right. He was he lived those outdoors.
0: Sure. Teddy did.
1: Sure did. Um, And, you know. These got more popular, uh but as these things start to grow, regulation doesn't always grow to like anticipate what's gonna happen, yeah, so there were lots of like just climbing structures that- i'm- anti-
0: yeah I'm anticipating like that there were
1: city officials who were like, "You asked the a bill, you didn't say make it safe Come exactly. On. There were lots of climbing structures that were constructed that were not very safe for children. Um, And so New York in 1912 banned those. Uh, And then it was outlawed in 1914 to play in the street, probably because they thought that kids were having so much fun in the street, they didn't want to go to school. But who knows? Um, And then in 1931... Quote, adventure playgrounds became popular, and these were spaces that were actually modeled after empty lots. Huh? It didn't take a long time for us to come full circle. Um, they were f- well-maintained, and they were filled with safer versions of things that kids might actually find in vacant lots. So, like, you know. It was like
0: a broken glass without sharp edges.
1: Things like tires and, like, building blocks right did instead you ever, of you know rusty nails and sticks
0: did you ever um play on when you were a kid those like geodesic dome yeah. kind of things or like jungle gyms? but they here's what i remember about it one instantly rusty from what i recall instantly rusty two uh, even from the first day it was born, seemed kind of creaky to me. Like mm-hmm. I look at this and like, listen, I love Clint McElroy very much, but I would not trust him to put anything together. And I love him, love him so much. But he built a thing that from any single bar of it, his kids could fall. And instantly, I also remember my parents being like, go. And we would just like, go back, completely unobserved. There was, I have clear memories of making tents out of it by pulling big, thick tarps over it in the middle of summer. <laughs> And going under them, fully enclosed faces and just kind of baking <laughs>
1: ourselves. Now, the playground, the little swing set we have in our backyard, has big posted signs. Adult supervision required. Not at this point. Okay. Um, so we get to the, the 60s and 80s. We have a new resurgence.
0: In swing sets?
1: In playground, playground safety. Oh, okay. Um, So this is when mass production entered into the playground game. Um, And, you know, we have McDonald's play spaces. That's Uh, that's when they started, right? And we've got in the 70s, we're talking about a a large overhaul of like the merry-go-rounds. Sure. Right, um, and the the seesaws with poor weight distribution. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, there's a lot of, of industry regulations that were required. So by the 1980s, we had some much safer playground guidelines. Yeah, you
0: like kids can throw themselves off of anything now, and it's usually fine. Usually, mostly fine. My favorite ones now, especially, are the uh, circular discs. That are kind of like uneven. So as you grab onto them, they naturally like spin around quickly, oh, yeah. you know? Because it's really fun to watch a kid go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> great. I love it.
1: Um, and so eventually the PAA merged with four other organizations to become the National Recreation and Park Association. Um uh, shout out to Leslie, no. Oh uh, yeah. Um, And so people have started to really get creative with the way that they think about play. Um, I'm thinking about uh, visiting the City Museum in St. Louis. Um, I mean, so many of those slides were made out of interesting materials or they were, you know, uh, they felt more like caves or they felt more like cages or, like, skate parks or things like that. My
0: whole deal, even now, I'm 38, almost 39 years old, when I see a playground that, like, looks like a pirate ship or looks like a dragon, I'm wild about it.
1: And that makes complete sense. They've actually started seeing that um, special play places created for people who are, like, 70 and up for, like, they have uh, different mental challenges or really? things like that. Um, you know I'm
0: not 70 years old, I, right? I know. Okay. But they
1: can really be stimulating to people of all ages, is what I'm saying. It can be incredible for senior mental health. Like
0: uh, also, just side note, I also appreciate this quite a bit. As someone with a 5-year-old and a 2-year-old, um, that more and more it seems like playgrounds are taking into account that adults will most likely at some point be called upon to go up into them, mm-hmm. uh, and they make the stairs big enough for grown folks to mm-hmm. go up and down.
1: I really like those those. Um Swings where you can have like a big person on one side Uh, and a smaller person on the other side. I mean, like a child.
0: Yeah. I, I also, uh, speaking of though, I also see more and more accessibility things in,
1: uh, in playgrounds. Absolutely. Which are awesome.
0: There are swings for people who, you know, like traditionally wouldn't be able to hold themselves up in a swing and spaces for
1: even accommodations for wheelchairs. Yeah. I've seen those for swings. More of
0: that, please. More children playing together, please. More people of all ages playing together, please.
1: Um, um, so an example of one of those, like, architectural playground spaces is in uh, in New York, um, the Silver Towers Playground. Uh, there is 27 whimsical bronze figures that you can, like, climb up. And there's, like, one that has legs that are slides. Way better
0: than, like, 27 very serious figures. Go Indeed. play kids. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs>
1: Uh, In the 90s, there was a playground created in Valencia, Spain, where it is a giant replica of Gulliver from uh, the scene in Gulliver's Travels, where he's like tied up by all the tiny people. right? (gasps) The Lilliputians? So his legs are a staircase, Uh his arm is dotted with climbing ropes, and there's a slide in the strands of his hair. I love that. Pretty cool.
0: Yeah. From now on, when people are like, your body's a temple, I'm going to be like, my body's a playground for tiny people. Mm. Which... It's a weird thing to say now that I've said it out loud. You know what? Let's not talk about this anymore. Uh Let's go do a thank you note know to our sponsors. I want to thank
1: Quip. I want to thank
0: Quip. I want to thank Quip today. Now I know you're saying that was weird, Travis. And you're absolutely <laughs> correct.
1: But I was not aware that they had a theme song.
0: They don't, but I need to think of new and interesting ways to thank Quip because at this point, I feel like time and time again, we've said how much we appreciate, Uh, it's my favorite toothpaste on the market, Mm -hmm. Uh, my favorite toothbrush on the market, Mm -hmm. gentle vibrations Mm -hmm. that leave my teeth feeling clean. Timed
1: pulses. Timed
0: pulse. At this point, BB and I brush our teeth together morning and evening, Um, and (laughs) sometimes she's like, hey, Don't spit till I'm done, okay?
1: Because she's uh, very adamant about all of us starting at exactly the same time.
0: And then saying it's a race, but it's two minutes.
1: (laughs) It's not a race. Anyways, uh, they
0: they got great floss, they got great um, mouthwash. Everything Quip does is great. And not only that, it's uh, not difficult on your wallet. It's easy on your wallet, is what I (laughs) wanted to say. (laughs) That's
1: what you mean. Anywho, it's not
0: expensive. (laughs) Um, and you should check it out, you should sign up. You're gonna love it, I guarantee. Plus, no bulky chargers. Uh, it's just like a battery that's already in there. And if you're already great at brushing and you're like, I don't need it too much. Time, <laughs> well, good for you. But also, if you get their <laughs> new sm- smart motor, you can track your brushing and earn rewards. And these stylish and affordable electric brushes start at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash schmanners. Spell G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Quip, the good habits company. Most game shows quiz contestants about topics they don't even care about.
1: But for more than 100 episodes, the Go Fact Yourself podcast has asked celebrity guests trivia about topics they choose for themselves.
0: And introduced them to some of their personal heroes along the way.
1: Oh my gosh. Shut up. (laughs) Oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. Oh my, (laughs) stop. It's so, so exciting! Join me, Jake Van Stratton, And me, Helen Hong, along with guests like DJ Jazzy Jeff, Yardley Smith, Roxanne Gay, and so many more on the Trivia Game Show podcast, Go Fact Yourself.
0: Twice a month, every month on maximum fun. Hi, I'm Hal Loveland. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. And we're the hosts of We Got This With Mark and Hal, the weekly show where we settle the debates that are most important to you. That's right. What arguments are you and your friends having that you just can't settle? Apples or oranges? Marvel or DC? Fork versus spoon? Chocolate or vanilla? Best bagel? What's the best Disney song? We Got This With Mark and Hal every week on Maximum Fun. We do the arguing so you don't have to. Oh, all answers are final for all people for all time. We got this. Okay.
1: So we've gone through some really great um, actual, like, playground history and stuff. Let me tell you about why playgrounds are great. Um, There are some good studies that have uh, shown that they are great for children's development. Sure. Um, So, like, public spaces are good for socializing children in general. But it also teaches them motor skills and communication and the importance of taking turns, right?
0: Well, and you were telling me, too, that it's very good for, like— soothing their mind, like organizing their thoughts?
1: Swinging especially is very good for children um, because it helps them regulate their bodies when they're faced with new stimuli, right? So the swinging is the constantly moving back and forth, and it's their sensory system practicing, adjusting to ever-changing stimulization.
0: And that's not surprising. Think about even as adults, rocking chairs, mm-hmm. hammocks, uh, bench swings, all of these things where it's like time to relax— and then you go and you find a swinging, repetitive motion, right? And just like chill out.
1: It also helps strengthen your inner ear, right? Oh yeah. Um. So it can. It has a lot to do with your sense of balance and motion and muscle strength. I um, need to strengthen
0: my outer ear. That's something I, I just feel like they're. <laughs> you not, need to do
1: ear push-ups. They're not pulling there. Every time I put on big earrings,
0: I can feel it, and I don't like it.
1: So there are um, occupational therapists who quote prescribe playing on a swing set to help children with sensory processing disorders. Oh really? Um. As long And it also calms nerves and anxiety. You know, like you were saying, there's a reason babies like to be rocked and people like to relax in rocking chairs and hammocks and things like that, right? Um, and it can uh, develop, help develop the motor skills, like with the pumping of legs, mm-hmm. right, and holding onto their ropes and keeping their core strong while they sit on the swing that's moving. Um, and it can also stimulate brain development for very young children Um, you know so you have to learn how to balance and hold on tight and watching the world kind of move back and forth it's it's really great
0: I will also say as someone who is more of an indoor kid I really appreciate that I've seen more and more playgrounds incorporate like imaginative play too, not just yeah. physical play. So there will be like boards that you can move stuff around on or like musical stuff incorporated or even just like a place to sit and pretend like it's you know a, a window at a restaurant mm-hmm. that you're like serving out of or just like places to sit and talk with people. And it doesn't always have to be like run up the stairs, run down the stairs, run up the stairs. Cause man, even as a kid, I was like, that's a lot. There's a <laughs> lot of activity, you guys. When can I just go back to playing pogs?
1: So here is some general playground etiquette. Um, And these are great tips for kids and adults. So uh, don't just hog a popular spot, right? Feel free to enjoy the activity, but then let someone else take a turn.
0: You know it's always a big one? Zip lines. Yeah. Zip lines. Here's a little secret, too. Uh, Parents, make sure your kids are doing this. Kids, if you're listening, do this. Zip line to the end. Bring it back. Yeah. Bring the, the, the handle back for the person.
1: And then you can get back in line after, yeah. after you've brought it back for the next person. Um, like we said, it is important that there be um, some supervision, right? Um, you, you don't need to solve every dispute or, like, show the kid exactly how things are done. But be around in case, right? Watching from a distance, I think, is really important. Now, our kids are like, look at me, 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 look at me. me."
0: Well, BB is. (laughs) That's true. If it was up to Dot, you would be invisible pushing her on the swing while she just contemplated existence (laughs) the whole time. Dot could sit on a swing. I think it's the age. Six hours. I I seem to remember even BB at that age would swing for like three seconds and be like, it's been a year.
1: Next thing. No, that's not true. She loved the swings. Okay.
0: She likes swinging herself now, and it's terrifying. Yes. <laughs> and I don't just mean she sits on the swing and, like, kicks her legs back and forth. I mean, she runs, grabs a thing, Tarzan's around. I'm going, oh, Lord, my precious glass <laughs> bauble of a child. But, but she's, she's been fine. She's, she's fine.
1: not. She's not glass. She's great. She bounces. Yeah. Um, so I would insist that you adhere to anything with age- Limits. Yes. Okay. Um, if it says it's only for kids over 10, it's probably got a really good reason. And same thing on the opposite end, yes. an age limit. I mean, because with an age limit, you are encouraging ch- like younger children who don't have maybe as much dexterity. Yes. Um, their playground spaces are inherently smaller. So like... Take a look at those age limits and and make sure to adhere to them.
0: I'm going to like double enforce that as someone who like has a two-year-old. If I see your like gangly 12-year-old come over in like a, like a four and under play place and knock my kid over, I'm going to throw your kid over the fence. <laughs> Not really, but in not my really. head, in my head, I'm doing that so hard, especially at a pool. You knock my kid down in the pool. Oh, the things I'm going to imagine being mad and saying to you, the parent, I never will because I'm from the Midwest, but oh, I'll think about angry things to say to you. Oy.
1: I would suggest that you also establish expectations early for whatever space you're going to, talking about time limits, talking about if there are areas that are off limits. Are they allowed to play on the equipment, but you'd rather not climb trees, like that, right? This is going to make your playground experience as an adult better for the kids that you're with. Um, uh, I do say that you don't bring snacks uh, and you shouldn't. If you bring snacks is what I mean. Don't share the snacks Uh, because, you know, children don't always know their allergies and they don't know all of their dietary restrictions. You know, better safe than sorry.
0: This is just a little tip, too, uh, from me to you, parents, that I'm sure everyone listening is like, yeah, man, we already figured that out. But if you go to a playground, don't say, don't go where I can't see you because they don't know when you can see them or not. Say, don't go where you can't see me. That way the child is able to regulate that without you having to constantly say, okay, now I can't see you. And then I'm going, can you see me here? Can you see me here? Like, <laughs> can you, well, see, can me you now? see me So teach them, don't go anywhere where you can't see me.
1: Right, and here's something that even I have changed my mind about. <gasps> it's okay to go up the slide. If nobody is waiting, if you're the only one or two people there, climb up the slide. What, what does it hurt? I used to be a very adamant. I think it was my lifeguard experience. Very adamant. We do not climb up the, spli- the slide. The slide is for going down. We climb up the ladder. But in my my now <laughs> second child wisdom,
0: ah, well, I think- it's not
1: going to hurt if they climb up the slide if no one's waiting if you know no one's waiting for a turn if they're not going to like fall on someone. It's fine.
0: I think there's actually a practical reason why you changed your mind on that, because I think that over time, slides have become wider and shallower, right? Less steep, right? Where it used to be metal slides that were much steeper, and you ran the risk of, if you slip, whacking your head right into it, right? And uh, sure. like they're not being as much. Anyways, I think that now slides are much less steep, uh, and so they're a lot easier to climb up. And they're usually not made of metal.
1: They might not be. But, you know, I think that I've kind of like just loosened my thoughts around the kind of play that I allow my children to do. Sure. You know, it's not hurting them.
0: Sure. All right. And you know what else doesn't hurt? Listening to Schmanners. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you to our editor this week, Amanda Thank you for editing. Um, thank you to our researcher, Alex, without whom we would not be able to make this show. Thank you to you, Teresa. I couldn't make this show without you. I
1: couldn't make it without you, dear. Thank
0: you to you all for listening. We can make the show without you, but why? Thank you to our podcasting home, MaximumFun.org. Go there, check out all the other amazing shows. I guarantee you'll love every single one of them or your money back. No. What's free?
1: It's free, okay. and I haven't listened to every single one of them. There's some nice new ones, though, That's that I want to try.
0: Go check them out. Um, if you're interested in other McRoy shows, you can go to macroy.family. Go to bit.ly slash McRoy Tours. Go ahead and get your tickets for the November shows in uh, Washington, D.C., and Detroit and Cincinnati. At the Washington DC shows, we're doing an adventure zone with special guest DM Brennan Lee Mulligan, where we will be playing Dadlands 2.0. Dadlands, in case you don't know, is the game system that me and Justin and Griffin and Dad made up. But we've added a new mechanic uh that you're really gonna love. So make sure you get those tickets. Bit.ly slash live. Macroy tours, bit.ly slash macroy tours. And make sure you go check out all of the merch over at macroymerch.com. There's going to be new stuff starting in October because we put new stuff up every month and there will be a uh, new... Um, a new charitable organization that we will be donating 10% of the uh, proceeds to. So go check that out and check out all the good merch at macroymerch.com. And don't forget to pre-order Taz 11th Hour at theadventurezonecomic.com. What else, Teresa?
1: We always thank Brent Brent of Floss Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone, where those are found. Thank you to Kayla and Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. That's at SchmannersCast. Uh, go ahead and follow us because we frequently ask for questions on our topics. Um, thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group today. Also, we are always looking for idiom suggestions and topic suggestions. Please email us, schmannerscast at gmail.com, and say hi to Alex, because she reads everyone. And that's going to do it for us, so join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been
0: listening to Schmanners.
1: Manners Schmanners. Get it.